What up? You're listening to Two Shots of the Lime with Nick and Skur. I'm Skur. I'm Nick. What up? What up? What up? Um, so this week we're going to start off the episode talking about the Celtics versus Sixers, the 108-103 loss uh, by the Celtics. Uh, How do you feel about that game last night? There are some encouraging things about that game, in my opinion, but there are a lot of bad things about that game as well. Um, one of the things I really liked about it is our quote-unquote big three. Everyone says it's Tatum, Brown, and Smart. And obviously it pains me to put Smart in any conversation in regards to big anything except biggest asshole on the squad. But that being said, you know, we actually at points yesterday, we we were looking pretty good. You know, Tatum was playing lockdown defense at one point. He had a couple of really nice blocks, made some nice saves, made mm-hmm. some nice passes, came up big on the boards. Yeah, his shooting percentage left a little to be desired. But the guy was putting up stats. Um, Brown obviously had the highest point total. But Smart actually came clutch for some points too. Um, and I, I was on, there was times I was very impressed by the performance by all of them. They looked like they were finally starting to click a little bit. And that if we had any modicum of health on our team at the moment, obviously we're missing all the players due to COVID, which we'll get into a little bit later. But, you know, if we had one or two of those players back, legitimate NBA players that could help us, mm-hmm. it would be a different story. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I agree. I think Marcus Smart did play really well. He shot 6 of 10, so 60% from the field. Um, he didn't turn the ball over as much as Tatum did. That's my only complaint is Tatum still is just constantly turning over the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, Brown did score 30, um, but he didn't do it on you know great shooting, 9 of 22. Um, and honestly, like Embiid really impressed me this game, 41 points. Um you know, just overall just dominated us um, with no Al Horford out there to be the Embiid stopper. We were kind of, you know. We relied too much on freedom. Yep. Which freedom in small doses is actually, in my opinion, good against uh, Embiid. Mm-hmm. But when you're sitting there matching him up on him the entire game, freedom's going to get eaten alive. He's not athletic enough. No. He's not. I just feel like he's not um, not athletic enough, not strong enough. Like, I think freedom's a strong dude. Yeah. But, like. In the likes of Embiid with that athleticism paired it's, with the strength, you can't, it. yeah. It's like you, you got to have both to be able to, or like just play somehow like Al Horford who has neither but is just smarter yeah. than Embiid. <laughs> yeah, I think Horford has enough athleticism to make it. I mean, there's times where, you know, Embiid would lure Freedom out to the three-point line, just jack up a three in his face because Embiid was afraid, I mean, sorry, Freedom was afraid to close out on him yeah, because he didn't know Embiid could go right around him. Just, um, Roll right past him, yeah. And then he, Embiid would get down low, and then he, if we weren't doubling him, which by one, a couple points in the game we started doubling him, and it was starting to look really good. So, I mean, it, Embiid is one of those guys. If you don't have, I, I think Rob Williams would have helped a little bit. He's mm-hmm. not an Embiid stopper. No. I mean, it, to be honest, the one guy I see as the best luck against Embiid, like you already mentioned, is Horford. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think Rob Williams would have been good, but I mean. Um, that kind of leads me into it. It's like we have a lot of people out because of COVID. And, um, you know, Jabari Parker, Josh Richardson, um, some dude named Broderick Thomas. No idea who that is. No Looks idea. it up on the list. He's probably like our 15th man. Um, Al Horford, Grant Williams, Juan, Juancho Hernan Gomez, all out um, for COVID safety protocols, um, which kind of leads me into my next point is, do you think the NBA should stop the season um, or take a break? couple weeks figured out because there's a lot of players um out with COVID and like out of the 15 teams that are riddled with COVID sorry 20 um 12 of them are Eastern Conference so it looks like it's a big East Coast breakout so I'll first I want to touch on the should we stop the season 
I understand what some of the thought process is in. You know, stop the season, wait till numbers drop down for what? Just for the numbers to ba- bounce back up again? Like, mm-hmm. what are we doing? Event. This stuff. This is not going away anytime soon. We passed that point. It's it's going to turn into something that's with us forever. We have to learn how to live with it. So we're just going to pause the season, stop the season for what? What is that going to accomplish? You know what I mean? Guys are still going to get COVID. Yep. So it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, because like last year, um, when they did the stop of the season, those dudes were still getting together. Mm-hmm. You know, still doing whatever they wanted to do like normal. So, I mean, at least the teams are making money. People get to go to sporting events and take their minds off of their troubles at home and mm-hmm. everything like that, which I think is important. Look at the I – mean, all you have to do is look at the crowds in these games. People are showing up to this. Like, yeah, I, I know you can make the argument some people don't think and they just don't care, but you can also make the argument some people have already come to terms that this isn't going away. I have to make choices. Do I want to go to this basketball game and spend my hard-earned money on that? Fine, do it. Yep. If that's really what you want to do, I'm – and I'm all for it. I'd say a good majority of those people are people who are, have already gotten their COVID vaccine and they've already gotten their booster or are in the process of getting their booster. Well, I don't know if you saw Boston just put out a thing that you have to be vaccinated to go to these events. Yep. So no more proof of negative. You have to be uh, vaccinated. Yeah. This doesn't apply to the athletes. I know that much. Right. But when it comes to people going to watch the game, you have to be vaccinated now. So, I mean, that's a that's a start. Yep. You know, I... I just I don't I don't see what stopping the season would accomplish. You're just pushing it out. They're not going to do a bubble. They already said that. Yeah. The only thing that would make sense to stop the season if you're going to stop the season for three weeks, let everybody get healthy, and then do a bubble. But if you're not going to do that, what's the point? Yeah, what, what are we doing? I, yeah, I can see that point. Um, I think, in my opinion, the avenue we should go down is we're going to have to start looking at testing and what we're doing. You know, you know, I, I'm almost to the point now. You should only get tested if you have symptoms. And again, like, and I, I hate to be that kind of person, but at this point, like, again, what are we doing here? How many people here are vaccinated who are asymptomatic, but they're like, oh, we're holding you out. Like, eventually we're going to have to figure out a different way. Yep. And if these, uh, what are we doing? If these guys are vaccinated and, because most of the league is vaccinated. Yeah. And if most of the league is vaccinated and these guys aren't sick, who are we protecting? Like, maybe, maybe they're a family. Like, yeah, of course you want to protect people's family, small children, and et cetera. But at the, most of these guys are vaccinated. So right. I think you just have to run it out there. Um, and then afterwards, you talked about the whole, a lot of these are East Coast teams. There's two teams you mentioned to me off air about this in regards to uh, Denver and Minnesota. Yep. Crazy thing about all of these East Coast teams, it's kind of cold out, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a friend of mine who uh, is a medic for a fire department bring up the point before with COVID. Down south, numbers always spike in the summer. Why? Because it's hot as balls down south in the summertime, so everyone's congregating inside. Yep. East Coast, it's cold Opposite. in the winter, yeah, that so makes everyone's sense. inside. So, right. I mean, that kind of makes sense why the numbers are the way they are right now. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you have this new variant, and it seems to be spreading fast, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I definitely think that has to be something to do with it. What are your thoughts on the whole thing? Um, So I kind of like what Toronto's done, where they're limiting capacity games to 50%. I see. I didn't see that. Okay. Um, So they're the first team to do it. I don't know if other teams are going to follow suit. Maybe, um, like, I could see Golden State or something doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, But... I, I think that's a good idea, at least, you know, at least keeping people spread apart enough that, you know, they're not all, you know, you don't have $18,000, 18000 18, people all on top of each other. Yeah. Just congregated in one area, breathing, you know, people are pulling their masks down. Um, so I think something like that could work and at least help slow some of this stuff going on. But I think it's inevitable at this point. I mean, 
I don't think they should stop the season. People are saying they're gonna they're not gonna stop the season until after the Christmas Day games because those are the big NBA marquee games and. Um, I would agree. I don't think, like, you know, with all the teams that are on this health and safety protocol, I don't think, you know, they're going to stop the season now. They're going to at least wait until after Christmas because that's NBA's money. Maker they need right that. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember when the season started last year if they missed those games. I think or it not. started on Christmas last year. Did it? Yeah, because okay. it was Celtics Nets last year. Okay. Um, Kyrie came back to TD. And, I mean, season openers are huge, too. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, people expect sloppy play. Mm-hmm. And ex- I, I, I don't know if – I can't remember if that was a season opener, but I do remember that was a very early game. Yeah. So, I mean yeah, – I think I, it was our third game, I want to say. And plus, it was Christmas Day game with no fans in the arena, yeah, if I remember that's, correctly. That's uh, just weird. So, I mean, that right there is a huge money. People are going to pay big bucks. I mean, what, we got, what, the Bucks on Christmas this year? Yep, I mean, Milwaukee. That, I mean, that's going to sell out. That's a huge game. Easy. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, so, yeah, that kind of leads me to my next point, which is uh, the NBA on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite day of the year as an NBA uh, fan. I love, ever since I was a kid, I'd wake up, open presents, hang out with the family, have the breakfast, and then the 12 o'clock game, I was glued to the TV from 12 until usually about 8, 8.30. Um, sometimes those, like, 10.30 games are just a little too late for me, especially when I was younger. Um, I would be passed out from all the t- playing with my toys and mm-hmm. watching games and everything like that. Um, I'm excited for the Knicks-Hawks game. It's going to be fun to see Trey Young back in um, New York, in Madison Square Garden. You know, he got some mayor votes in uh, New York. <laughs> I so didn't know I mean, that. That's hilarious. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, mayor or governor, Bing I can't bong. remember. I think it was mayor. Uh but he got some votes, and uh, it's interesting for a place that booed the shit out of him and hated him. They would love him on his on their team. Of course they would. <laughs> I mean, the, the Knicks would take anybody with um, any remote talent right now. It is crazy to say if you if you look out at the Knicks, right, and they have been a shit bum team. You know, even right now they're not playing too hot. People still show up for that. Yeah. Imagine if that team was good. I know. I think the league would be in a much better. Like, the league is always in a good place when the Knicks are good. When the Knicks, the Celtics, the Bulls, and the Lakers are good, the league is in such a good place. I actually I, I actually want to take that a step further. I actually feel like the all leagues are usually in a better spot if there's a team from New York that's better. And mm. Being a Boston guy, it makes me very angry to say that. But, I mean, New York is. It's the market. Yeah, it's crazy. It's and I, huge. Brooklyn doesn't count. Brooklyn does not count. No, it's, no. it's got to be the Knicks. They're still the New Jersey Nets to me. Yeah. I don't care. They're... Especially with those uniforms they've been rocking this year and the old New Jersey Nets court. I love that, by the way. One of my favorite new courts right now, new court I designs. I haven't seen them. I remember that gray court <laughs> yeah. last year. The Oklahoma City Thunder is doing a court like that this uh, year. I hate it. It's hate awful. It. I hated the gray court. I know they're trying to make it like a street ball look type thing. Yep. It looked like shit. Yeah. It was awful. And I haven't seen Oklahoma's Oklahoma, court. And they're wearing the white, like all white OKC jerseys on okay. top of that. So it just looks weird. It's just. OKC is a team that shouldn't exist. <laughs> move them to Seattle. Move them back, yeah. Or, or Vancouver. Move them anywhere. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm still hoping out Vancouver or Grizzlies come back. Although Memphis Mem- Memphis shows up for that team a little bit. Yeah, I like right, honestly, right. the Memphis Grizzlies, which surprised me while we're on the Memphis Grizzlies train here, uh, they've been playing a lot better without John Morant. Obviously, you know, once your superstar comes back, you're going to be better. But I thought they were just going to plummet in the standings once um, that's, that's John good, Morant went nah, out. Nah, that's a good squad. Yeah, that's a they're good really squad. good. Jaron Jackson Jr. is no joke. They got slow-mo. Uh-huh. Um, What's his name? Kyle uh, Anderson. Anderson. He's yeah. and then, fr- former Spurs player. Love him. I mean, Dylan Brooks is there. Dylan he balls. Brooks, yeah. um, what's it called? You got uh, Steven Adams over there now, yep. I believe, with uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, that that's a nice one-two punch down low. Uh, and, uh, it's funny. They made that trade sending out Valanchunas, but 
Adams is, to me, the perfect guy what they need there. Mm-hmm. They need a, a thumper at center. I mean, Jackson's a good player, but he's he's young. Yeah. You need a grizzled vet that's going to lead. And Steven Adams is that guy. Mm-hmm. So back to the Christmas Day game. So I'm going to list off the rest of the games to you. Okay. Um, I want to tell you, besides the Celtics one, um, or sorry, not besides the Celtics ones, besides the Knicks and Hawks one, which one are you most excited for? So we got... 12 o'clock, Knicks versus Hawks. 2.30, Bucks versus Celtics. So you got your Tatum-Giannis, hopefully, matchup, mm-hmm. uh, which I would love to see. Um, and then at 5, Suns-Warriors, CP3, Curry, Devin Booker. Clay might return. I think they said no officially. I, at January, I'm uh, seeing, yeah, I'm yeah. seeing, which sucks. I'm really excited for Clay. I hope he still wears that number 77 jersey. Um, <laughs> then we got Lakers-Nets, which should be a fun one if, you know, most of the team's there. And I think Kyrie's shooting to return for that game, although he just entered health and safety protocol. Or did he test positive for COVID? I I, know, I don't. I think he tested positive. I know he is in the protocols because okay. I, I think he did fail. So is KD. So is Harden. Um, like a good chunk of that team is in health and safety protocols now. And then the last game, Jazz Mavericks. I mean, who cares about that one? I'm not going to lie. That's probably <laughs> the game out of there minus the Celtics that I look forward to the most. Really? Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I big don't. Big Spider fan? It's not even just that. The Jazz have been pretty good this year, and I love Luka. Uh, I've said this numerous times. If I could get a guy on this team that's not Tatum, I'd get Luka. I'd love Luka. Yeah, Luka, uh, Luka Magic, man. I think he's a phenomenal player. Even um, out of shape, he's like still one of the best players. God, he's filthy. Uh, absolutely filthy. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean... The Nets Lakers, I know is the name, and everyone says it's going to be big. But first of all, you don't even know who's going to be in the game that week, right? Or that day. You, uh, I mean, the Lakers look like horseshit. This You're going to have some dude named Broderick Thomas playing for the Lakers. Broderick Thomas. <laughs> no, sorry, Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But still, I, the, I, the Melty Peanut had a good had a good game when he came back. 19 yeah. points. Um, not a great shooting. No clip. But no. I was, it was nice as a Celtics fan to see IT on the court. Yeah, you know, you want the guy to succeed. I actually wanted the Celtics to think about bringing him back. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't have mind the little offense off the bench, but yep. um, that's Could also a Schroeder replacement. It's a t- it's a tough spot though. I mean, you're talking about a guy who was getting MVP chance as your starting point guard the last time he suited up in green, and now you want him to come back and sit on the bench. Yeah. I mean, I, I he says he'd do it. I don't know if I buy it, but. Um, what, what about you? What's the game you're excited for? Um, So for me, I'd probably say Suns Warriors. I just, I want to say yes, because the first game, it was a great game. I just, on paper, I don't look at the Suns and see them matching up well with the Warriors. I think that the Warriors are more of an athletic dynamic team in some ways, where any any team where you have CP3, I mean, don't get me wrong, point guard. You know, love that guy. Best yeah. point guard ever to play the game, in my opinion, at this point. Um, the, the longevity is just The unmatched. longevity, the consistency. I mean, the guy is mid-30s, and he still averages 18 a game, essentially, with, like, eight he's assists. Got, he's leading the league in assists. Yeah, well, this year is crazy. Yeah. This year he's having a great assist I think he's almost year. averaging 11. I think this is the first time in probably about five years, I, I believe I heard. Probably that, since he was on the Clippers, I would guess. Yeah, um, and I, I love CP3. I really do. I would kill to see him in a Celtics jersey. Um, God, I wish. I would pay that contract to have him in the Celtics. I, I don't even care. I just I, – I, I don't know if he can stay with Steph. Um the Suns do have some players I like. I like Bridges. I don't know if Devin Booker's back. I haven't checked. Yeah, on that. he is. He played the other night. Okay. Yep. Um, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of Booker. That's a different different topic for a different day. You are a big Aiton fan. I though. do love Aiton. Um, and with no James Wiseman yet, that might be an interesting matchup. I think Draymond Green will play him well. 
So it's not that I don't think Draymond Green will play him poorly. I think of the size difference because Aiton's a big dude. Yeah, he is. Where uh, I, uh, I've t- we talked about this in the past. I love James Wiseman. Um, I think he's got he's a guy who has a lot of potential, and I think he has enough potential to be one of the best centers in modern day basketball. Really, he's seven two. The guy can move, he can block shots, and he's a good offensive. He player. just looks lost when he's out there. He's I mean, young, yeah, he's man. Young. He's young, and he didn't. He actually didn't play that much college ball. Yeah, because he ended he up. Injured, he right? got injured, and then he got suspended. Oh, because he was ineligible. They found out for the oh. rest of the year. I don't know. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it, okay. he hit something where he couldn't play anymore. So for Memphis, so he's done. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Because um, didn't they give? Oh, I feel like they paid for something probably. of his, and they were like, "Ooh, sorry." Yeah, probably. Yeah, I remember that. I, I forgot that was James Wiseman. Yeah. For some reason, I thought that was like Kobe White or something like that. No, it was James Wiseman, and like, like I said, I think Wiseman's good. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I wasn't too high on Wiseman. I watched a little bit of like Warriors last year. Um, he definitely looked lost at times. So he had to get some good games. Yeah, last but year. he does kind. Of, you know, he, he reminds me of Robert Williams a little bit. Okay. Um, where he's just like you know, big, athletic, can move. Catch lobs. I think I think the rest will come. I think he. It's one of those he knows his place. I mean, you're on a team with Steph Curry. Yeah, exactly. You got You Steve Curry tells you to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You're gonna do X, Y, and Z. You're not gonna be like, whoa, how come I can't do A, B, and C? Which that being said, you know, I don't really like Steve Kerr. So personally, I'd probably tell him to pound sand. <laughs> I think he's the most overrated coach in basketball. Um. Well, while while we're on the Steve Kerr subject, I it's crazy to me that he was there for every single time the three point record got broken. Ooh, really? Um. So Reggie Miller broke the record, and he was playing, mm-hmm. and then, um, Ray Allen broke the record, and he was announcing. Steph Curry broke the record, and he was the coach. Shit. He's been there three times now. For each That's a cool little fact. I had no idea. Yeah, which is cool. I think he was. I'm pretty sure he was playing. I think it was against the Bulls. Or uh, I don't know. Spurs. That was well. It before, might have been the Spurs. Well before I started caring about basketball. Yeah, that's uh, I can't remember what team it is. But, uh, um, yeah, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. And congrats to Steph Curry for breaking. Yeah. Oh the record. my God! Now, absolutely. Now you can tell, like after that, once he broke that record against the Knicks, he's playing a lot more loose again. Oh yeah, absolutely. The weight's off his shoulders now. Yeah. Um, I want, I want to change gears really quick. You know, the, about a topic, you know, we, we've mentioned it in the past before. Bradley Beal. We know his connection to the Celtics with Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. Um, Wizards started off very good this year. Very hot. They were one of the best teams in basketball to start the year off, and they have plummeted back down they, to earth. They have come back down to earth. With Bradley Beal having one of the worst shooting percentages of his year, of his career this year. Mm-hmm. Is that a guy you want? Yes. And do you think you could buy low? Because I'm not gonna. I think you could buy low on Bradley Beal. Yeah, because his contract's up. His contract's up, and he's gonna get a super max. He's 29 years old, so we're looking that he's gonna start hitting 30s. Yeah, and he's gonna be pay, getting paid something like 45 million, but when he's 34, 35. Yep, and then you now you have to worry about is he starting to wear down mm-hmm. and not be the same player. Um. I think as the Celtics, you could go in there, and I think he could force his hand. You know, I think the Wizards look at it and say, finally, we're not going to win with this guy. You know, yep. it's, we don't have the team around him to win. No, they he tried. You know, the one thing that I, I guess doesn't make sense in this whole scenario is Spencer Dinwiddie, because he's older than Beal, I believe. But they don't mesh well. I think they try no. to bring it in to, like, you know, be like, hey, look, we're trying. We brought Kuzma, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Montrez Harrell. We're trying to build you, like, a decent team. But I think um, him and Dinwiddie just – 
they don't work well together. Dinwiddie needs the ball in his hand, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's a point guard. You know, you need you need the ball in your hand a lot right. in that position. But if you remember, Washington thrives when Beal has the ball in his mm-hmm. hands a lot, um, and that's when his numbers come up. Uh, I think that in Boston, he'd be able to kind of run a, a nice two-man game with Tatum mm-hmm. in that sense, where Tatum can carry the ball, but he can also let Beal do it a lot. Um, and I think he could force his way to Boston, and I think you could end up getting him for a deal like where you wouldn't have to give up anything of real consequence. I'm talking like bench guys. Yeah. I'm talking like Josh Richardson right off the bat is uh, $17 million roughly around, I believe, that in the yeah. area. And you can make the rest of that money work Easy. without giving up Brown, um, probably without giving up Horford, uh, and probably without giving up Smart. And I, I would highly consider doing that. That being said, I don't know if I like the meshing of Brown, Tatum, and Beal. I know a lot of people are saying that's where you need to go. I think that's a lot. Too, that's a little too many it's cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, uh, I can see that. Um, you, I think in that case, if you, we've talked about this in the past. I personally think that Beal coming to the Celtics is a necessity. If you truly think Jason Tatum is the best player on this team, and that is the guy you want to keep here. Yeah. Um. So let me off. Let me a wild scenario here. I was thinking about this in my head the other day. If you could make a trade without giving up Jalen Brown to the uh, Wizards for Bradley Beal, how would you feel about if you then took Jalen Brown and flipped him for, I don't know, Zion Williamson? And hear me out. Hear me out. I think Zion Williamson is eating himself out of New Orleans. Yeah. I don't think he, he, he said he doesn't like it there. His family has made it clear he doesn't want to be there. Um, I don't think Zion is – I think he's extremely talented. I just don't know if he's going to be that game changer that they think he's going to be. So I think if you brought in someone like Zion who can play the four and you could get him to grow, he'd be in a serious market. He wouldn't. He could be the second guy, third guy, grow into a bigger role. And eventually, I mean, be like, the future of the franchise. Like I said, well, I don't know necessarily the future of the franchise because him and Tatum are so close in age. Mm. But I think he he could be co-face. Yeah. Um, and because Beal, like I said, is going to be thirty. So if you pull off that trade, and it's a nice fix because now you're getting a bigger guy down low who can play good defense, can get to the hoop, and can score. I know it's kind of a pie in the sky trade scenario, but if you look at a team like New Orleans, who I think they might be getting sick of it. If you said, "Here's Jalen Brown." We want Zion. I think you might um, you might be able to pull that off, and you might actually be able to get more than just Zion from them because oh for sure they might look at Jalen Brown and say he's t- what twenty four roughly yeah. plays good defense can score and I think he fits better with Brandon. And he's Green. a leader. Yeah, and he fits he, better with Ingram. A yeah. Um. So I I don't think I'd do it. I think if we're gonna do the Beal situation, we need to try Beal Brown and Tatum for at least one year, okay. or at least go. One season in to the tr- towards the trade deadline. So like say we trade for him this year. Yeah. We play. We keep it. Run it until you know next trade deadline. If it's not working, then we ship. The ship my Brown only fear of that is like I want to see if it works. You're running out of time with Brown, and he's already two years in on his extension. Yeah. So I mean, you got next year. You you got a year left. But that's a tradable contract. It's not that it's not a tradable. It's more along the lines of it's less value because now the team trading him for him has to impress him in a year. Yeah. So that that's the only fear I have. Right. Um, I, I, I 100% see what you're saying. And I actually think in a way you might be able to get it if you run if you run an unconventional lineup and have like Beal as your point guard type situation mm-hmm. with Brown then Tatum. But, you know, then you have Marcus Smart who's going to be pissy because he's not a starter. And and I I think having Beal Smart Brown Tatum is silly. Yeah, 
I, I it, think you're going to think it would work. You're going to be too small in that situation. Um, so, yeah, so I, I would, I mean, I like the idea. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd give up Brown for Zion. Though I was thinking Zion only as a young option who is a superstar who could help be part of the next big three. And I do think he compliments Tatum because again, I think this needs to be about complimenting. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I just, for me, the risk of taking it on someone who's severely overweight Mm -hmm. has, um, which no, no knock, you know, whatever it happens. Like Mm -hmm. you can't really run, you can't do anything. And he was already a bigger dude to begin with. I'm not trying to talk crap about him being overweight, but we're not weight shaming here. Yeah. He's a big dude. Um, he has not played in like almost a year. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. Um, and he, there's no sign of recovery really for him. Um, Fair enough. Fair so enough. like that risk, I'm j- I just don't think trading a Jalen Brown for. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're getting rid of like a, a Smart or a Horford or something, you know, yeah. not not a Jalen Brown. I think Jalen Brown is like, yeah, I think Zion has more potential and could be better. But you want more of a sure thing. Yeah. Because like I don't want to. I don't want to take. You know, throw out two, three years of Tatum's prime mm-hmm. for... A what if. Yeah, like a Porzingis, you know what I mean? Fair. Like, you know, Maz went out, got Porzingis for Luka, mm. and... It didn't work. He's been injured. He's, I mean, different kind of scenario, but, you know, I think we should trade... If we're looking for, like, a bigger dude, maybe mm-hmm. try to shoot for Cat. Okay. Try to shoot for, uh, you know, someone who can stay healthy. So, like, a Cat, a Miles Turner... Um, so I look at Miles Turner. To me, he's I'm looking for someone who can move the needle. But uh, to kind of keep on the same point but move points here, um, it, instead of training for Beal, I, I was sitting there looking around about some players that could be on the market, um, some younger players with upside, and our contracts are not bad at all. So for starters, DeMontis Sabonis off the Pacers. You know, he's 25 years old. He's averaging 18 points and 11 boards. He's only 25. Only 25. Oh, and uh, he's almost pre- he's pretty much averaging 12 boards at this point. Yeah. Deontay Murray, 25. 18, 8.5, 8.5. He's almost averaging a triple-double. He, he uh, has the most triple-doubles in a single yeah. season for the Spurs. Yep. Uh, like that Spurs fact I threw mm-hmm. out there? I love it. Love uh, it. Love it. Jeremy Grant. Uh, that's actually one the Celtics Jeremy. have been. He's been actually linked to the Celtics. Um, I for, honestly, I, uh, I'm not going to lie, I always forget the Pistons exist, and I forgot Jeremy Grant played for the Pistons and existed because he was on the Pistons. Sorry, Pistons fans. Jeremy Grant worries me because, like, this guy was a sh- not a scrub, but, like, he was just kind of there for the like, Nuggets and everything no, else. No, he played really well for the no, Nuggets but when I say he was last just, year. But I'm not, so I'm not shitting on him. What I'm saying is by there, he was, like, an eight-pointed guy, the night guy. Like, he wasn't, like, a so – this know, 15, 20. This like 15, season, 18 he's averaging 20 points a game. Who in the fuck thought Jeremy Grant would average 20 points a game? He's had the opportunity. I mean... Well, that brings me to my next point with him. Is this Jeremy Grant, or is this because Jeremy Grant plays for the Pistons? Right. Because he kind of... Give me Christian Wood feel. Yeah. If you remember, (laughs) Christian Wood was a monster on the Pistons. And, I mean, he's been okay on Houston, but, like, I don't know. I think he got that contract. Teams locked down on him more. So, hear me out. What if we traded, instead of going for Zion, we go for a Christian Wood? Um, I'd probably prefer Grant. To be okay. honest, I'm not a big Christian Wood fan. Really? Yeah, I mean he's he's not bad. I just don't see his fit. Um, uh, what about? I mean, we're not I'm not talking trading Brown for him, but what if uh, the Blazers make Yusuf Nurkic available? He is available. Yeah, the well, Blazers have made everybody on their team available except, except Damian. Yeah, well, I mean the like, one guy everyone actually wants. Yep. Of um, so I don't have an issue with it. It's just 
I'm a big Time Lord fan, and it's mm-hmm. hard for me to want to move off of him. And you couldn't play him with a Yusef Nurkic no. because yeah, I see that. There's not there's no three point shooting, and in today's NBA, you need shooting at at least one of your big man positions. Oh, I felt so bad the other night. I was watching the Celtics game. I can't remember who we were playing. Um, Time Lord got a mid range like shot. He made it. But someone committed an offensive foul on our team, <laughs> so it didn't count. So it was like the one time he took like a fifteen footer, and it went in. And like he never takes those fifteen footers, but he's open all the time and can't, and he can clearly sink it. Yeah. But we got an offensive foul, so the basket didn't count. And I was like, no. Yeah, I've been saying for a while, man. I got one more guy on my list. All right, Colin Sexton. And he's twenty-two. He's a point guard, right? He is. Yep. And he's he's young. He's fast. The only issue with Colin Sexton is the Cavs have been playing better without him. And to me, it's not a situation where, like, you have, like you like you said earlier, where John Morant's out, Grizzlies are playing better. I think the Grizzlies are rallying around their guy. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Cavaliers like Sexton. I think they drafted Sexton because... He was the best available. He was the best available. And then they brought in Darius Garland the very next year. And, and he's, he's balling so out. Good. I think he's averaging yeah. 19 a game right now. Maybe Cavs are three in the East right now. The Cavs have been good. I, I'm shocked, uh, truthfully. Same with Kevin Love taking that bench role, and what he's a, and he's endorsing. He yeah, loves he loves it. it. And that it, it's crazy to me because like last year he was like throwing his he's towels at his yeah. teammates, hitting benches, like talking shit. Like, um, and now he's just like, well, Ricky Rubio. That's why. Remember they played on the Timberwolves together. Ooh, he's got I, his boy back. I forgot about yeah. that. Um, all right, well, out of that, I mean, out of that list, is there anyone that I just I didn't mention that you might be interested in, or? Um, so for me, obviously it's gonna be uh, Murray, uh, Dejounte Murray. Not, I'm, I'm with you on that. Not um, not what's his face in Denver, whose name is escaping me right Jamal? now. Jamal. Jamal. There we go. He hasn't even played. Jay. No, he's he, yeah, he's still out. But um, yeah, I think Murray um, Sabonis is good too. Um, I think he'd be a nice fit on our team because he's a four technically. He's not a five. Right? Yeah, he, I mean, he plays the four. A lot of the reason why Indiana wants to move on is because they don't. They look at the inability of him and Turner to play well together. Yeah. Which I mean, what about Brogdon? So my Brogdon to me is a big money guy. These guys are all cheaper deals. I think okay. even Jeremy Grant, he's getting paid, but I think he's under twenty. Um. So and there's another reason I mentioned all these guys. I think that you could trade for two of these guys and still keep the core and still keep Brown and Tatum. Okay. And so like. I personally think Jeremy Grant could be had because I'm again I'm not crazy about Jeremy Grant. Um, that being said, I'd probably take him over Sabonis. Oh really? Uh, I pro- I like the way that Jeremy Grant plays better. He's than more Sabonis. athletic. He's more athletic. Um, I, we're that, don't get me wrong. Like with Time Lord as your starting center, I guess like having Sabonis would be better for height reasons. But I don't know. I just think Grant moves better. Yeah. And I think it fits what we're trying to do a little bit better. But that being said, I'm not a big Sabonis fan, but I take I guess I would take him in this situation. I think Grant um, does better in a situation where he doesn't have the ball in his hands too, because he played with Jokic and he played really well in Denver. Yeah, I and mean Jokic dominates the ball. So we've talked in the past at nauseum, and I've said that like a guy who I'd love to see the Celtics go out is get Pascal Siakam, and I think Pascal Siakam is a rich man's version of Jeremy Grant. He's that. Six nine ish power forward that moves well, can shoot, can defend, defend multiple positions. Um, that that's why I like Grant over Sabonis. But I think you could very well pull off a, a Jeremy Grant trade and then still go and get Deontay Murray. Deontay Murray is a guy that you know I'm starting to fall in love with him. I think he'd be He's a good man, beautiful fit here. 
I think he's going to be an all-star this year. He might even be all-NBA with the way he's playing. Um, so, I honestly, obviously that's my top pick. Um, I think he could be had easy. Yeah, I, I, he doesn't quite fit the Spurs timeline. So here's my uh, the thing. The Spurs don't even have a timeline well, right now. Yeah, they're going young, but um, what about Jakob Pertl? I I don't know. I, don't, I haven't seen he's him play really well this year. I've, I loved him coming from Toronto, and yeah. like he kind of was just there for yeah, a while. He's been playing really well. Um, uh, so here's my thing. I don't think the Spurs are going to trade him because Pop is like 16 think... wins away from like the all-time record. Mm-hmm. So I just winning coach like wins. Um, I don't think they're going to trade him so they can at least help Pop get to that. I think they're going to trade him. You think so? I do because he's what, tw- he's 25. Um, I don't. It's not that he doesn't fit their timeline, and uh, but it's like the Spurs strike while the iron's hot. It's not even that. I think the Spurs are right now. They're they're kind of hanging around uh, Atlanta Hawk territory from '07 uh, ish when the Hawks were like good but like not great. Yeah, they'd make the playoffs every year, but they'd constantly but be like the, Josh Smith. Is that the area you're talking yes, about? Yes, Josh Smith, um, Joe Johnson, like that yeah. era when they were constantly like the seven or eight seed. Like they made the playoffs every single year. But, but that's, they, that's about it. Yep. Um, and I, I think the Spurs are kind of... They're obviously not in the playoffs. but like, they're in the West. But yeah, they're in the West. But it's like, they're not going to be bad enough to get a first pick, number one pick. No. Um, and, you know, obviously they're not good enough to win a championship. So I think if you gave them either a player with high upside... Like, obviously you have to make money work. But like a guy like Aaron Neesmith... I think they'd be interested in a guy like that, I, who I've been very impressed with in the sense. Yeah. I mean, his him putting all that muscle, he's turn he's starting to turn into a pretty good three and D two guard. Yep. Um, who could play some three? Um, but yeah, I think Mari could be had. He's my number one option because I I don't really hate how Horford and uh, Williams look together. No. So yeah, they complement each other well. I think personally, our biggest thing is if we can get one more guy who could be consistent. Um. I think that could change the whole thing of the team around, which yeah. brings me to my last point I wanted to talk about. Um, I was going to try to hit you with some surprising numbers here. Uh, unfortunately, the numbers didn't really pan out well for the argument, but who would you prefer to have, Peyton Pritchard or Dennis Schroeder? Whew, that's a good one. Um, Peyton has been playing better lately, and he's starting to earn some more minutes. Peyton has put up some uh, – every game that Peyton has played, like, lately, that he's played at least 15 minutes, he's put up some numbers. Yeah, exactly. So um, – He has – so I do – who would I rather have? That's a good question because, like, I like the veteran leadership that Schroeder brings, mm-hmm. but our team's not as young as it once was. Yeah. So if I had to say hmm, – are we talking long term here? This deadline because we only have shorter for the one year. Okay. So. Um, I'd rather keep Peyton. So I'm with you on that. I actually I was a big Peyton Pritchard fan after watching him last year. Yeah, I remember. I really like his. His I'm not saying he is the option, but his style of play is like the perfect point guard what the Celtics need right now. You got the ball handler, tough on nose defender, and can shoot threes. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Like. And I think as a, I don't think he'll ever be good enough to be a starter. Maybe a starter on a bad team. Or like if he can be a, he'd be a good um like injury replacement. Like our starting point guards out for yeah, like a exactly. week or two. You need someone to come step up. Spot starter. Yep, that's like um. Oh God, who am I trying to think of? Is I, it, I, I mean, he reminds me of uh, Jarrett Jarrett Jack. Was it? 
Yeah. You know, the old yep. school point guard. I can't. Or uh, Brad Wanamaker for us. Like he would have. Yeah. You know, he, he can come in, you start a few games if you need him to. Mm-hmm. Won't like drastically destroy your team mm-hmm. um, scoring or any productivity wise, but like definitely don't want to start up the whole season. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm with you. I, that's actually my point. I agree too. I actually think Schroeder would be a perfect guy you could flip for like a first round pick that you might be able to move in another trade. Yeah. So, or throw in to like make a package work for a bigger, yeah, like a higher contract. Exactly. Yeah. While so. still not giving up Brown or Smart. Um. But yeah, I mean, that's what, that's how I would do it. Yep. Uh. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Um. Thank you guys for listening to Two Shots at the Line. I just want to wish everyone a happy and safe holiday season. Uh, we'll probably be back in a week, maybe two. Sorry about the delay for the last couple weeks. Um, the vid is real. Yes, yes. The sickness has been going around, so we're just playing it safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Yeah, per, all, per usual, thank you guys so much. We appreciate the support. And, again, as closing out every single time, you know, if you don't already, follow us on Instagram. Facebook will be coming your way pretty soon. Um, drop us a slide in our DMs, baby. You know, yeah. let us know some suggestions, what you guys want to hear on the show. And again, we can't thank you guys more. You know, thank you again for listening. And you know, two shots on the line. We'll be back with you guys shortly. All right. Peace. Peace.